It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. Wow. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, so much more. It's Bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That was good spelling. Thank you. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet at Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario. Use the QR code at the bottom of the screen. Or head to sportsinteraction.com slash STPN to get started. It's 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Episode 7, Drive to Survive, was uh, really about Sergio Perez. And it's funny because with with Checo, um, he it was the tale of two seasons, right? He had a, a pretty up and down first half and then dominant second half. Um, but you see some things in this episode that I don't think you would expect, right? The way that Red Bull ended the season, I think people forget that they started off a little bit shaky. And that it took till race seven in Monaco for Perez to really kind of take off and how he's sort of walking a tightrope. Yeah, it's at the start of the season, you know, the car was very um, geared towards, you know, how Sergio, like his driving style really, Mm -hmm. really, you know, it allowed him to extract the performance. The car was a little, had a little more understeer in it than oversteer. The front end wasn't as as pointy that Max likes to drive. Um, the car had a lot of weight to it as well. It was a heavy car. And then obviously they had some mechanical issues with it as well. But I mean, for the first part of the season, he actually did a pretty decent uh, job, I would say. Getting into Monaco, I mean, with the the crash and qualifying, I mean, everybody seems to think there's like this huge like conspiracy. Well, Max weird. certainly seems Max to think it. Thinks I know, that. Like, Drive to Survive did not address that, by but the like, way. So we can yeah. talk about that now. But, mm-hmm. but like the thing is, is like the... The more you look at it, it's kind of like there has to be so many different things, moving parts to play out for Sergio Perez to get that. Yeah, one. really does. Right. Like how if you're like, oh, we call Q3 on the last like push lap. <laughs> I'm and gonna, like, Ferrari messes it. up. Yeah. And, yeah right. Yeah. You, there's so many moving parts to that. Like Sergio doesn't even know if he's so going to win. So like, the oh. thing was, if, if if you don't know this, uh, the 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 thinking was that. And, and a lot of people believe this enough that Max Verstappen and his camp apparently believed it too, oh, yeah. that Sergio Perez on the last lap, the push lap, as Tim just said, crashed on purpose in Monaco so he could stay uh, at P1. And then, of course, you know, Ferrari, that's the famous, okay, box, box. Okay, no, 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 stay out, stay out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They blow their 1-2 lead and Perez wins the Monaco Grand Prix. And, of course, Max wants to win. Um, and later on in the season when they want Sergio, Max has already got the title sewed up. Uh, they want Sergio to have a guaranteed second place. And they said, Max, can you let Sergio buy any wood? Yeah, that was in Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. So, yeah. Which they also don't bring up. They no, do not talk yeah, about it. Yeah. I, I had a bit, in a, a bit of an issue with this episode and how they kind of painted the Sergio arc and that they wouldn't bring those things up. And I mean, It's a pretty major part of his story. It, it was. It's a huge part I of the entire season. season. Yeah, yeah, it was a big part. For the last two races, that's kind of all we talked about because this championship was wrapped up. Yeah. You know? And then they, they didn't bring up the second place battle. And they they painted Sergio, like, they, they gave him his episode and they showed his family and all, this, all that stuff. But but after Monaco, Sergio had to issue an apology because he was out partying. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was with, with, that, a, he was with a woman that wasn't his wife, and he issued a public apology. I know this isn't your avenue, Tim. <laughs> this is where I. There's live. a lot that went. Yeah, I live in these weeds of the reality of the driver, so this is what I'm invested in. Jesse, but, Jesse's TMZ over here. Yeah, <laughs> he issued a public apology to his wife because he partied too hard. He was with a bunch of girls he wasn't supposed to be with. And they he were was grinding, grinding in a yeah. club. 
and the video you can go look at the video so the fact that drive to survive was like this is the happy checo episode where he's with his family and then he wins monaco and everything's good that just wasn't the reality of the situation at all and what's what is the reality of his relationship with max now because obviously after monaco it must have been poisoned i mean I, you do it i mean i from my understanding they've sorted it out behind the scenes whatever happened at brazil you know, may not happen again, but we don't know. Obviously, once the drivers get on the track, it's kind of a different story and yeah. it's a different animal. You can't really control it. It's hard. Um, you know, from the outside looking in, it, it you know, things at Red Bull, I mean, they seems pretty good so far. I mean, they winning solves a lot. Yeah, yeah they steamrolled everybody. Well, and, and, and for so. Checo, I, I thought it, it was an interesting pickup when they signed him in the first place because you thought it maybe at the time Alex Albon, who was in that second seat, yeah. was going to be the guy that would stick around. They develop him in that seat. They take their lumps. But Christian wasn't going to have that. And I think the the fascinating thing about Checo in that seat is that he may not have ever gotten back into Formula One. Mm-hmm. Not a guy that they ever expected to be top of the field. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about racing for a team like Red Bull, is it as cutthroat as they make it out or are Red Bull more cutthroat than the other teams? Like what's the, cause it seemed they certainly portray yeah. Red Bull yeah. as like yeah, the, win or you're out. Yeah. And, and, it, and Mercedes has to be like that too, right? Yeah. I've never been a part of the, the Red Bull driver program, but I'm friends with drivers who have, and it's, it's, uh, it's high pressured situations and it gets you ready for formula one. You know what I mean? Like it just, it does even in the junior categories, the amount of pressure that the, the whole, the whole teams put on the Red Bull Academy drivers. I mean, it's a lot of pressure and there's a reason behind it. It's Mm -hmm. can you deal with this when then you'll be ready for formula one because at that point when you get to f1 you can deal with anything if you can deal with all of this so it's it's a very uh it's a it's a very competitive uh aggressive um i don't want to say environment but it's um in terms of how they push you they they push you which is good well i mean at, at any one time there are five or six red bull academy drivers in the it, in the field it's 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 tough but at the end of the day i mean formula one is tough like it's hard, right? There's only 20, 20 drivers in these cars on the grid or from everywhere around the world. There's only 20 of them and that is it. And so there is a certain expectation that is expected from you as a driver when you're there, that you perform. Every lap is your best lap. Every time you're in the car, there's no time off. There is no like slacking of any kind. I mean. You can't, there's no shifts off. Like if you take a session off, like a free practice one session off, like you're, you could be in a lot of trouble for that. Like it's push all the time, all the time. Doesn't stop, doesn't stop. And so for their academy, they really push their drivers, but it gets them ready. Mm -hmm. And it's like some drivers, you know, really excel at it and some just don't. I think the stuff with like Alex Albin, like, I that that was a that's that that's a car that wasn't meant for for Alex. It just no. wasn't. Same with Pierre. Like it's mm-hmm. just a car that's not really it's not really meant for them because Max has such a specific driving style that no one on the grid really has. And it's hard to get comfortable and get your confidence to do the things that Max does with a race car. Like 
the rear is always like very lively and it's, it's like sliding everywhere yeah, at all it's times. It's like, you know, you go through, uh, I'm trying to think of some corners where it's like, you know, really kind of, ooh, gosh, I don't know. Like if you, you go through like, maggots beckett's complex at, at silverstone and like the change of direction with the car like it's going to be sliding a little bit and if you're like not that confident with the front end and the rear end of the car it's like that's like really hard to mm -hmm. like get your brain to accept and to understand like mm -hmm. hey like if max can do this i should be able to do it but then like the car is giving me something yeah. totally totally different do it's we just underrate sergio perez as a driver then? i think so i mean i, I i've always I've always really rated him uh, quite highly simply yeah. because of all the experience that he has. And we've seen what he's been able to do when the car is a little more tailored to his driving style. Um, I hate to go, I know we're doing a DTS sort of thing here, oh, but like, you know, if we go to Bahrain mm -hmm. this, uh, this past weekend for the first race of the 2023 season, I mean, Sergio was was actually pretty decent. Like he was, he was like on it pretty quick. And oh, you yeah. have to remember that he's under pressure too because of Daniel Ricciardo in in the wing. So I wanted to ask him because because <laughs> you know? and they don't they don't talk about this in Drive to Survive, but I thought it was a perfect thing to. They talk about being. There's two things I want to talk about here. Mm -hmm. They talk about being the secondary guy to Max for stopping. Why is that so hard? Why why do drivers or or being the secondary guy to Lewis or the secondary guy to Charles? What, what why is it such a problem? You don't want to be the second guy, right? You right. want to be the guy. Like no no driver ever wants to come into a team. I remember remember the days with like Schumacher and Rubens Barrichello. Like, I mean, Rubens knew what pretty the, obvious. Yeah, but Rubens knew what the plan was, right? It's like try and capture a couple wins. You know, maybe you finish quite high in the drivers' championship. Michael is the. Michael is our guy. He is our, and so I think like there are some teams like Red Bull in particular that are just like, listen, we need one driver to build upon, and we need one driver that we're going to circle around. We need to have a strong number two that can be there to protect him if we need that, or can push Max even more to another level. And I think they looked up and down the grid during that time, and they're like, hey, Sergio Perez is the next best. You know driver here that we could put in with max who could one push him and mm -hmm. two maybe play that team game and then if we look back to i hate bringing up 2021 and abu dhabi oh i hate it sorry Sergio's yeah. the I reason know. max has a championship yeah but like all those times he helped him yeah he helped him right yeah. and so like he played that number two mm -hmm. sort of sort of role i think that yeah. race got him the extension honestly yeah, like I, the extension that he signed after mm -hmm. Monaco last year, I think he he got that in twenty one in the mm -hmm. championship race because you need Christian needed to see that mm -hmm. right. They need the drivers. Max is going to get you the drivers, and you need both of those guys working together to get you the team championship. That's, that's, well, sorry, sorry. Uh, Valtteri Bottas was amazing at Mercedes because he yeah. played the number two game and he was willing to do it the entire time. I think like yeah, well, like with Valtteri, it's like once he figured out at the beginning of the season where he was going to like stack up if he was going to challenge Lewis or. If he wasn't, mm -hmm. then he knew that there was going to be opportunity for him to get wins and pull positions at certain races. But he also knew that he would have to play somewhat of a team game, right. so to speak. That's hard for a driver to do. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. Really, it's just really against hard. how your your yeah, your goal is to yeah. win. Yeah, that's it. That's what you've been <laughs> so to do. it's so difficult. I think people do want to know about Daniel. I mean, he's a fascinating character, <laughs> and he is now. You know, he had the opportunity apparently to be a reserve driver at both Mercedes and Red Bull. That was the that was the word, and it was sort of come down. Mercedes wanted him to be at every race. Red Bull said, "We don't. You don't have to be at every race. You can take some time off. You don't have to travel. We need you at these PR events." 
and we know you can drive and we know you can drive a Red Bull. So what is that relationship? Is he something where if Sergio falters this year, Daniel's in? If I'm Christian Horner, that's what I'm doing. Uh I'm making sure that my reserve driver is excellent. And like top of the top, like that's who I, I, I would do. I don't, I don't think like any other team, like who wouldn't? Why I mean, would, yeah. Like, yeah. he's a Grand Prix winner. He has a ton of experience. He's he's fast when things are going And he's way. good in the halls too, right? That matters behind <laughs> yeah. the scenes, oh, yeah. right? It does. It, it makes- get along with Max. 100%. Gets along with Max. So that, that's the thing, right? Like you've got, you've, you've got this guy, like- do you, you think know, they, after this year, do you, no matter how Sergio does, do you think they consider that? Or do you think um, it's sort of like if Sergio does great, what, why mess with a good thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think if like Sergio, you know, does a pretty decent job in 2023, I don't see why they don't keep rolling with him. That yeah. only makes sense, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to, you don't want to upset that balance of like your number You're winning. one and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Why know. mess with something that's going so yeah, well? Yeah, exactly. Right. Because yeah. then you get Daniel in there and he's going to want to win. Exactly. He's going to want to challenge Max because that's what he did when they were teammates before. Right. So, because there wasn't really a number one and a number two when Daniel and Max were teammates. Well, there's the famous story of when they went into the contract negotiations, Helmut Marco is apparently supposed to have said, yes. we want Daniel to win in 2019, and then we want Max to win in 2020 and in 2021. Mm-hmm. And that is what apparently soured the relationship, and that's wow. why he left for Renault. Now, Helmut Marco is not known for being uh, good with his words. Uh, he's about as brutal as he can be. Uh, but apparently a really beloved guy. I was, uh, so I was talking to Max um, last month and Helmut Marko had said on a, a German publication that uh, Max was getting a simulator built in his uh, private jet. And so I was like, Jesus. I was like, Max, I'm like, this is, I mean, Helmut said this. I'm like, you, I'm like, dude, you really got a, a simulator in your chat? And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you got the whole story wrong. So, <laughs> like, so apparently, <laughs> like, so apparently, Max got a simulator uh, installed in his motorhome. That oh, he, takes around, okay. he takes with him around Europe. So right. when he goes to the European races, what he likes to do is Max likes to, when he's done with his day with racing, he usually goes and plays video games. And mm-hmm. now he's got a simulator and he's like, I love it. So he's like, I'm just going to play that at night before I go to bed. Apparently, Max has made waves in the video game community. Yes. He's, been, yeah, yeah. he's been really on it this off season. Yeah, I was yeah. watching a video actually on YouTube the other day. And I know that he he, he went viral for that clip where he got mad because <laughs> yeah, his, race team, his race team was like errant <laughs> and it's stuck in the pit. But apparently he is so unbelievable on a sim. Like, yeah. like yeah, he's crazy. He wins. Uh, yeah. Virtual world championships yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like this is like <laughs> that's like, what he does. Yeah. Like here's the thing. Like Max is like, I mean, he is a another one of those generational talents. Like yep. you know, we've had like Fernando is probably the the close to the top of his generation. Mm-hmm. Same with Lewis, Max as well. We need to see who else is going to be in the mix with Max because I think there's more on this grid than just him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that being said. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, his the the stuff he does off the track of video games. Like he, I was I was talking to him about this. He did a deal with EA Sports. Oh, okay. so I was like talking to him about his deal with, with EA Sports, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. Obviously, he's like, I'm gonna help him a bit with their video games and whatever. Like, but that's like that's like hobby for him. And it's awesome just to help because yeah. right? they're trying to make that into a sim, right? Like they're trying to make that video they're game super close. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Like the F one game, right? Yeah, they're trying to get that thing really it's dialed in. It's hard. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a hard game. That's <laughs> racing, right? 
<laughs> but Max is he's such a he's a special person. He's yeah. unique in that like everything about his life for uh, since he was born has been racing. Yeah. You know, not many drivers are in that same situation. Yeah. He seems just another notch above the 0.01% of drivers in the world. He's like a little notch yeah. above all yeah. of those drivers. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like one of those ones who has like the gift. So yeah. This is like what we like to call it. 100%. So remember, you can always, and I don't know if, if you've been following this long, but we're doing a reaction episode for every single one of the uh, Drive to Survive episodes. And of course, Tim is the newest member of SDPN and he's got a show and it's this one. It's called Nailing the Apex. Uh, it'll be out uh, three times a week before Grand Prix, after Grand Prix and midweek just to keep you going. And I'm especially looking forward to the gap seasons. This, the, you know, there's the spot where the Chinese Grand Prix isn't there. You got me sweating. And already. then <laughs> and then silly season like, this year. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> 